0: To Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, listener Mike talks to us about what it's like to use Disney's Disability Access Service (DAS) and his experience with it last November. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us positive reviews. Shout out and thank you to App Review, Nickname One Two Three Four Five, and Gen L K B O. 27 for your recent reviews if you'd like to support the podcast check us out on patreon.com slash deciphered where you can subscribe to receive bonus content or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent email Chung at travelmation.net to get started if you have any questions or topic ideas email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com tweet at us at ww deciphered on twitter or find us on facebook and instagram disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies, and welcome to Disney Deciphered. Leslie is off having a blast on a 24-hour trip in Disneyland, and we had to record, so I am here recording today with a special guest, listener Mike, who is going to tell us all about his experience with the DAS Pass at Disney World. But before we get to that, just wanted to do some quick housekeeping Wanted to give a shout out and thank you to some of our newest patrons, Robert O and Willow King L. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. It really helps to keep us going. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered where you'll receive bonus content, including Leslie's most recent trip report from Disneyland and hopefully, crossing fingers, my first on the ground report from disneyland in a couple of weeks so you know i as always don't like to count my chickens before they hatch but planning to go quite soon all right that does it for the business portion of this podcast let's get straight to mike and the das pass all right so i'm here with mike klein one of my very first clients ever all the way back in 2020 mike thanks so much for coming on the show
1: thanks for having me uh
0: yeah, 2020 feels like a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah, it feels longer than two years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So before we get into DAS, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Disney background?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I had never been to Disney World prior to 2020. My now wife had, and she's like a big, big Disney person, so... um now I'm a big Disney person, of course. I originally had planned to take her to Europe. Her mom is, lives in Germany and she's German as well. Then COVID hit. I had started planning this trip like eight months in advance. And COVID, like the minute I heard about COVID, I was like, there's no way we're making it to Europe in September. And I just started watching the Imagineering show on Disney+, and I was like, oh, Disney World sounds cool. Maybe we could go to Disney World. It was sort of random. And then I started listening to your podcasts, just searching up Disney World Planning Podcasts. And then I heard on an episode, like one of the, obviously this is over two years ago, you were like, oh, I'm starting to be a travel agent right at the start of COVID. And I was like, well, I'll give this guy a call. And since then, I guess our first trip was December, 2020. Then we went for Valentine's day of 2021. And then we went in December of 2021 as well. First week of December. So, and you've helped plan all three of those trips. So thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. And I feel like the funniest thing, Mike, is we have this running joke that you always end up at the beach club. Now I'll tell one of those stories. I can't remember which trip it was, but we had booked Port Orleans and it hadn't opened yet. And so I called for you and was like, you know, they called and they were, they trying to put you in art of animation or something. I can't remember exactly, but I was like, how about the beach club? And the cast member was nice enough to put you in the beach club that time. So I think that might've been your first trip.
1: Yeah, that was the first trip. And then this most recent one, we were in Caribbean beach and our air conditioner unit was busted for the first two days and then they upgraded us to beach club again so two out of three times we've been upgraded for free into a deluxe i, think I consider myself pretty lucky <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah definitely it's definitely never happened to me before but uh, i'm glad that that worked out for you and yeah i remember the port orleans one i was very excited That uh, We were able to score that one. That one worked out out really well. And then you ended up there again. Although I, I should say that you were saying on text that you were loving Caribbean Beach besides the air conditioner thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We really, I I said I actually looked over right before uh, we jumped on to record, and I said, "Oh, aside from the air conditioner, the this location is great. I don't think it's too big, and we really enjoyed it, except for the air conditioner issue." So, and I would definitely stay there again.
0: Yeah, there's hundreds of rooms there. I'm sure not all of their air conditioners are broken. Well, we brought you on because on your last trip last year in November you use the disability access service for the first time, or people just call it DAS. So we wanted to talk about that. Now, before we talk about your experience, I just wanted to run through my understanding of how the system works. And then you can correct me if I miss out on anything. But basically, DAS, it's offered by Disney to anyone who might be having trouble waiting in lines, whether it's a visible or non-visible thing that causes people to have trouble waiting in lines. So you know, it could be ADHD, it could be you have trouble standing. There's all sorts of reasons why you can apply for DAS. And the thing that is new since the pandemic is what they've done is they've made it one so that you can pre register, pre register via a Zoom chat. And on that Zoom chat, I think you make two selections per day that you're going to be in the parks. And they've also made it so that after you use those two selections, you can do everything on your app. Now, I'm going to let you talk about all that, Mike. But a couple other things I want to note about the system is that I thought actually until a month or two ago, that you could only register via Zoom chat. That's not actually true. You can register at any guest relations booth when you show up at the parks. The only difference is when you register at guest relations, you don't get to make those two advanced selections. You have to do the Zoom between two and 30 days prior to your park visit. So, you know, if it's last minute, you can't do it. And you can't, you also can't do it too early in advance. Everyone in your party can join you with D.A.S., And the way it works is for those first two, you have times that you go back, but then for after that point, Whenever you register for a DAS pass, you have to wait, quote unquote, you don't have to wait in line, but you have to wait for the amount of time that standby is for. So that's kind of the generals and the basics. As I understand it, what did I miss about the basics, Mike?
1: That's pretty much pretty much it. The one thing with when you book your two predetermined rides for the day, they don't really... At least when we booked it, I think I'd booked it like say a a week out, maybe a week to 10 days before our trip. They're not as flexible with those times. Like they'll, you know, but so you don't have to wait. You can book your first DAS ride, regardless of whether you've used those two pre-booked rides.
0: Got it. So you're saying that essentially you're walking into the park with three, like, do you have to wait until you tap into the park first or can you do it that morning?
1: You have to be in the park, but you can, like, I remember one of our, I think our, yeah, our first day there, we, one of our DAS pass pre-booked rides was uh, Soren, but it was for like 3.45 because that's the only, that was the earliest time they had. So I think in regards to doing the pre-booking, it's probably... Better at the 30 day mark than the seven day mark. So, like, I would say, "Oh, we're booked into Epcot on Friday. So, what? You know, what did you have? Do you have Soren available?" And then the person I spoke with said, "We have it at time X, Y, or Z." So you don't get to say, "Like, I want to be on Soren at 10 a.m." You know?
0: Got it. That totally makes sense. So let's talk about your experience a little, starting with the live chat waiting room, quote unquote, (laughs) that you have to deal with leading into, well, actually I, you know, I I've been using your example the most, whenever anyone asks me about DAS, it felt like the live chat itself was, one of the most painful holds, but the actual Zoom itself was quite pleasant. Tell us about your experience back in November. I think it's actually gotten worse since then, but uh, it didn't. Oh. <laughs> seem, it didn't sound that pleasant when you did it in November.
1: Yeah, it was on a set. So we did the pre-registration, and then I just figured, oh, maybe I'll wait for a half hour for this Zoom. So I did it on my iPhone, and a half hour turned into an hour, which I started at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. I wish I had done it on a laptop at least so I didn't have to like keep my phone open the whole day, you know, for seven hours. So yeah, seven hours later, We finally got on the Zoom and my my wife was actually getting her nails done at a nail salon next to our apartment building. And so I said to the lady, please hold on. I have to go meet my wife really quick. So I ran into this nail salon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. That's a good point that I forgot to say, which is that the person who you're registering DAS for, they don't have to ask for it themselves, but they have to be there when you get it.
1: Yeah. And so obviously, uh, my wife had me say, stay on hold. But so then we, she actually talked with the person. It was pretty quick. My wife had a traumatic back injury and surgeries. She has like two metal rods and a bunch of screws in her back. She just talked to the person from the DAS about that. It was, it was quite brief. And then they approved it. And then I, book The ride separately, so it was at, like dealing with people was very painless when you actually got to that point. Uh, it was just the wait was definitely much longer than anticipated. So I would do it on a weekend again if I know it's going to be a long wait like that, so I don't have to be glued somewhere,
0: yeah. And one thing I heard was people have been saying that as they're waiting, they keep getting logged out from my Disney experience and that they had to re log in. It doesn't sound like it uh, breaks the system, but it just sounds like it increases stress. Did you have to deal with that at all?
1: It's funny. I guess I did, I think a few times and I was like freaking out, especially because I was on the cell phone, but then I refreshed it and it was fine. So it was just the weight. And I also kind of made sure I was always like touching the phone, typing something and deleting it to make sure I was like logged in. Just because I was worried about that happening. So it was just weird. If they said, hey, it's going to take, se-, you know, waits could be five hours, at least, you know. But I'd say just the not knowing it's going to be seven hours is kind of uh, a little stressful in that regard. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah
0: unnecessarily stressful <laughs> i might add a uh, one last thing i wanted to add because i had asked about this and you experienced this as well i was thinking mike you and i are on zoom right now and if we wanted to add leslie we could add her and so i was thinking that disney would be able to do something like that but they cannot so they can only one-on-one zoom so that's why you definitely need the person to be around at the very furthest on the nail salon around the block
1: yeah, exactly yeah and there's no like callback feature or anything like that so you have to stay on uh one of kirsten's friends went recently and did das and she didn't have to wait seven hours it was still a few hours but there's no callback option still no you know from november and none from now that i heard of so which maybe would be the easiest fix to the wait time you know but not yet
0: <laughs> that would make too much sense mike fair enough it was my understanding that you don't need to show paperwork, but that friend uh, you had said that she had to show paperwork recently, right? That's actually the first time I've ever heard of that.
1: Yeah, that's what she said. I she, I don't know about send it in. I think she just had to. I followed up with her, and she said show it on the Zoom. I, she said it was pretty smooth and quick, so it sounded like it was still pretty easy at least. So, but I guess it oh, you know maybe they're just trying to discourage folks who aren't disabled or should get it to apply.
0: As they should, of course. Now, you were there for a while, so maybe let's not run through every single attraction that you booked, <laughs> but what do you think are like the most clutch pre trip attractions that you booked on DAS? And were there any attractions that you weren't able to get because they were, you know, sold out for the day or not available or whatever?
1: So you cannot pre book the paid rides that's in each park, those are off limits for DAS pre-booking. And I guess that sort of makes sense. They're like, well, you can already get a version of this by paying for it and everybody else has to do that. So, but so what you can do, and this is sort of what we did, like our part of our rope drop strategy, we were able to book a slinky dog dash at Hollywood studios. And I forget what else we booked actually, what our, other pre-booking was but so what we did oh we did the millennium falcon pre-book also but then what we did was when we rope dropped for the a minute we checked into the well we got there before Rope Drop, like before the park opened. So we went Mickey and Minnie's. And then the minute the park opened, punched in our first DAS booking of the day to Rise of the Resistance. And we were able to get all rides painlessly. And we ended up, I think we ended up doing Rise of the Resistance two or three times in one day. And then in between, we'd just go to whatever didn't have a long wait or our pre booked ride. So it makes life easy in that sense. Like, you know, I'm right, you know, we knew we were going to get on slinky dog dash, and we knew we were going to do all these things and didn't have the pressure, you know, to run in line or just not as much pressure on the rope drop strategy, I guess.
0: And so even though you can't pre book rise, you can do it from the app?
1: Yes. And as many times as you want.
0: That's pretty awesome. Now, I got a question for you. So like, on the app when you have das is there a separate menu item or like how do you navigate to that i know we are in an audio podcast as we uh, like to remind people but can you describe kind of what the process is navigating it? i assume it's pretty straightforward but you know where would people look for it
1: so on on the app under your uh like the main page when you click the three bars and it says like tip board and one square, my genie day, future plans. At the very bottom of that, if you have DAS on your booking, it's there, like it's an option you can click. And from there you can book your rides. It's actually not exactly front and center, I guess, but uh, it's its own separate page where you get to book each ride.
0: All right. So let's uh, talk about your experiences in the parks themselves. You know, so at Hollywood Studios, it it totally makes sense. Book Rise of the Resistance as many times as you could. But at at the other parks, how did you find yourself using DAS? You know, what kind of rides were you doing? Were you doing a mix of booking on DAS and waiting? How did your plans go or your touring plans get affected overall with the DAS?
1: It definitely just makes, it makes your life easier in the parks. You can go a lot slower. It definitely altered our rope drop strategy because we would go in and pick... I, you know, Like at Magic Kingdom, one day we went in early and went to Peter Pan and rode that twice instead of waiting on the Seven Dwarves line. And when the park opened, we just booked a DAS return time for Mine Train. And then if... You know, that had an hour wait or 80 minutes at some points when we booked it. So we'd go to Little Mermaid, which had a five or 10 minute wait and basically just walk on. And one kind of nice thing with DAS, if the return time is 80 minutes, you can actually show up five to 10 minutes before that. So if it's a 60 minute wait time, show up after 50 minutes and they'll let you in. So that was also nice. But so we were able to do every pretty much every ride we wanted to do or experience or show. And in a way, the rides that had the biggest wait times that we would book, whether it was Flight of Passage, it was like we didn't mind that so much because then we got to, okay, so we know we have two hours to go explore or eat or, and shop or, you know, whatever it is we we're going to do. So it kind of added a nice structure to the day in a weird way.
0: And then the other thing to note is there's not like a window, right? So it's just if it's 12 o'clock, Flight of Passage is two hours long. It's just any time after two, you can show up. So you could like chill even more if you wanted and then just show up at three. It's just you can't book a new one until that, right?
1: Yeah, we actually, until you mentioned it, I totally forgot. We actually did that. Since we got switched to the beach club, we were going from Animal Kingdom to Epcot. And I said to Kirsten, I said, well, let's just punch into Epcot really quickly and jump on a frozen DAS. So when we come back, we'll just walk right in from, we're going to go to the pool first. And so we did that and it had, I think it had 150 minute posted wait time, which that was the longest wait. Weirdly, it was the longest wait of any ride we saw at one point it had 180. Minute wait when we were there, so we swam, came right in, and even though it had a hundred minute, it was down to a hundred minutes by the time we got back in. We were able to walk right in, so it was uh, exactly like you said. It definitely made life a uh, in a lot easier in that regard.
0: Now, logistically, what you just made me realize: it sounds like you had to tap into the next park, even if you had a park hopper before you could book the das. It like doesn't know that you have a park hopper ticket or whatever.
1: Yes, similarly, you can't pre-book a das pre-booking to a park you're not registered to be going to. So if we were going to Hollywood studios that day, that's what our, even, you know, our park hopper said, we can only pre-book two rides at Hollywood studios, not at other parks.
0: Well, you know what, now that I think about it, that makes sense because ostensibly you are going up to the ride and then just not waiting in the line. So it makes sense that you're supposed to have been in the park already. Last logistical question, unless there's a something logistical that you think we need to know is are you always going in through the lightning lane was it like every single time it's the lightning lane that you go through
1: yeah that's uh the same as the das entrance and some some of the people actually would be like the line hailers would be saying like lightning lane das so i think they make it pretty obvious you know
0: Actually no, I thought of another question. What about stuff like the People Mover that doesn't have a lightning lane? Is that available on DAS? Or, you know, maybe you don't like the People Mover as much as I do, but insert any attraction that doesn't have a D- uh, doesn't have a lightning lane.
1: So we only went on People Mover as a as a walk on, but it was available under DAS.
0: Got it. There must be someone who can check your DAS at the line there all right big question you ended up not buying genie plus because of the das pass overall if you have das do you feel like because i know some people talk about you know they're double dipping they have genie plus on one side das on the other do you think that's even necessary i know you've seen how crowded it has been recently uh more crowded than when you were there but still overall Das instead of genie plus
1: i would say if you're eligible for das and and do get it then it's definitely a waste of money to get Genie Plus. I, I guess in some senses, of course, they're similar, right? You get to book two things a day, or up, you know, beforehand. But Das, you're not competing for time slots, so there isn't that stress, you know. And it's uh, I don't I don't see a benefit of getting Genie Plus when you have Das because Das still does the same things. I suppose you, if you have a, it's just me and my wife. If you're in a group of six people and people are splitting up. Well, well, whoever's not going with the person with DAS pass, that's like the only situation I could foresee somebody wanting both. But to me, DAS, it's a smoother Genie Plus for those that are eligible for it.
0: Yeah, I have a text here from a Michael Klein that says, I feel like DAS is what people's perfect version of FastPass would be. So that guy sounds pretty <laughs> smart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to say that out loud on the podcast but you said it so. And I also have uh Sorry. No, that's okay. I'm joking. But I also said I looked back in my texts this is when we were asking about uh, how many rides we had gone on at, Ma- at Magic Kingdom that day. And I said, I know this is probably the 87th time I've said it, but DAS is the second MVP of this trip. Joseph Chung, of course, always number one.
0: Uh, Mike and Joe text a treasure trove of information. That's <laughs> what we'll say there. All right. So uh, before we close things out, any other tips and tricks, any other things you think people need to know about DAS if they're going to be applying
1: for it? I would just say be prepared to wait for that Zoom if you qualify. Do it because it really does just take the logistic stress out of a day, and I feel like especially if you have kids, that's uh, would be a very very big thing. So I would recommend definitely doing it if you're eligible.
0: Yeah, and man, that comment about it being like a better Genie Plus, I just Leslie and I were just talking about this on Unfiltered for Patrons yesterday, just about how now we can probably definitively say that FastPass plus was better than genie plus part of me wonders if logistically like why can't the genie plus system be like this you know it's just like a virtual line queue it's 90 minutes and you know maybe you don't add the light individual lightning lanes on there but if Slicky dog dash is 100 minutes you let people with genie plus just book a virtual queue time for 100 minutes later and then do it like that so I don't know. I, I guess uh, I'm not an engineer enough to understand this, but it really feels like it would be a much smoother system.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so what is kind of funny is when the minute we got to Epcot our first day, that was like right when people started having problems with Genie Plus. I, I don't know if you remember that. And there was like a line of people at the uh, customer relations we just went in to make sure our DAS was all good, like everything was okay. And there was a line of people trying to get their money back for Genie Plus. I felt horrible, but it was, then it was like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> just a little little anecdote. It was just weird, funny and sad on all sides. But I
0: mean, she had a very bad back injury, so it's not like you were doing anything wrong. It's, it's yeah, funny how exactly. it's, it's funny how sometimes even when I buy Genie Plus, like when I go to the front of the line, it's like I almost feel bad because it feels like I'm cheating the system, <laughs> even though I paid for it. All right. So, as you know, we always like to end with a Disney do or don't. So, Mike, leave us off with a Disney do or don't, please.
1: My number one Disney do is use Joseph Chung as your travel agent. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Man, I regret
0: asking you on. This is too embarrassing. You got? Do you have a real one for us, Mike? Besides yeah, I have.
1: I have another. I do have another one. I would say my Disney do is go to Art Smith Homecoming in Disney Springs. Uh, we've been there a few times, and that, the food is excellent, excellent, excellent. Definitely a must try. I'm kind of picky with food. I'm, you know, I work in the food world for a chocolate company, but that's like one of my favorite restaurants ever. So.
0: What is a like a dish that you feel like is something that people have to have if they're going to Chef Art Smith's homecoming?
1: probably the fried chicken and donuts. That's really, really good. Everything's really good there. I'd say we ordered like a few things the first time we went there and went home with a lot of leftovers, but that I think is fried chicken is incredible. All the sides are really, really good. Can't go wrong there. Pretty much everything's good. Desserts are really, really good too.
0: Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, also thank you for the kind words. Now, my turn, Mike, your company that you work for has really great uh, food stuffs to try and things like that. So where can people find the food that you have to sell? In fact, the company is so good that Disney was talking to them about building a car out of chocolate. So, you know, Mike, tell us, you know, where can we find these fine chocolate products?
1: Yeah, we um, I work for a chocolate company called Knipschild Chocolatier, also known as Choc Apology. Yeah. They wanted us to build a Jaguar from Cruella out of chocolate. Uh, we were I'm talking about that. and ended up falling through. Yeah. Cause of COVID and awesome uh, weather stuff. Cause chocolate melts, <laughs> but yeah, you can find us at chalk and we do all sorts of cool handmade chocolate, uh, especially for Easter speckled Robin's eggs with caramel filling and all sorts of fun stuff. We actually make a uh, dinosaur egg out of chocolate. That's like four of my heads. Pretty, we do, we do all sorts of cool stuff like that. So, <laughs> thanks for asking, Joe.
0: How does one eat that?
1: Oh, you need a lot of people. It's so big. It's uh, semi-solid. So. And a
0: pick, and a, and yeah, a, and yeah. a ice pick.
1: Yeah, definitely an ice pick. It's like four inches thick of chocolate. It's quite the centerpiece.
0: <laughs> well, I can uh, speak personally for Apology. Mike has sent me stuff before. It's really good. So we'll throw the link in the show notes. Mike, thanks again so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And thanks for sharing your experience with DAS.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. <music>